Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Lauren Salon. Lauren is a PR and influencer, marketing expert, and consultant, business coach, and speaker. Lauren today is the CEO and founder of Influence and Impact, a PR and influencer marketing agency that helps entrepreneurs elevate their visibility and make a global impact. She is also the founder of the PR Accelerator, a hybrid mastermind coaching agency program that teaches growing entrepreneurs how to scale their businesses through public relations. This is an incredible podcast, and I'm so grateful for Lauren's time and energy and expertise as she shares with us and the audience how important it is to show up and be seen right now, especially in the time of all of us building online businesses. And the one way to do that is to allow yourselves to be seen. So bringing more of you to your business. This is an incredible episode. I know you're going to love it. Welcome to the show today, Lauren. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited as well. Awesome. We were discussing before we even started how many times our paths have crossed without crossing directly. So this will yeah. be good. <laughs> I yeah. know. And finally, you and I are <laughs> connecting and having the face-to-face convo. So really pumped for this. It's awesome. Let's get started so people can get to know a little bit more about who you are. Where are you from? I grew up in the Bay Area. So um, Northern California, Sonoma County area, and went to college down in Santa Barbara, and then continued down south and am now in Los Angeles. And I've been in LA for about six years now. Nice, nice. All I hear is warm. Like that's all I yeah, hear. Yeah. I'm As like Canadian. I'm like warm, sunny. <laughs> that's all I keep hearing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it went from like foggy, not super foggy, but like Bay Area, a little colder and just like, let's stay on the coast of California and just keep going down there. Perfect. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Are you a reader? And if so, do you have a book that has been impactful for you? You know, it's, it's funny because I, I feel like I have a conflicted answer for this, which it should be an easy answer. I want to do more reading. And I actually last week, like reconfigured my whole time blocking and schedule and everything. And I set, I think I set reading time like every night and I think a chunk on the weekends. Cause I want to get back into the habit or in a better habit of reading like a physical book more often because I love audiobooks. And nowadays Thanks. like spending so much less time in 
the car, not that I was driving a ton before, but I used to like, even just on the way to the gym, you know, 20 minutes or so, listen to an audio book um, or and podcast. Like I love listening to podcasts and lately I'm not reading as much. So um, I would say, shoot, what are some of the, the books that recently, so I've gone through a few phases at least during 2020 and all the excitement we have experienced this year of, <laughs> of like having like a month where I'm like, okay, let's focus on this. Let's focus on that. And so I'll kind of um, curate my reading choices around mm-hmm. that theme. And I had like a deep dive, like law of attraction manifestation month at the beginning of all of this. Um, and really loved ask and it is given Abraham Hicks. So oh, Esther Hicks, yeah. Abraham Hicks, that was so, and that was the first time I read it was like six months ago. And so that one, I think top of mind is one of my, um, yeah, one of the ones that stands out. I also love, I mean, behind me, they, they can't, um, see here on zoom, but like behind me, I've got my like short, short stack of books that I want to read through and stuff. Um, but like secrets of the millionaire mind, that's like a go to think it, think and grow rich. Those two, I would say are, um, are two that you can read over and over again and should revisit like Mm -hmm. once a year, twice a year sort of thing. Um, yeah, so those two that's are awesome as well. I love how you said about having to intentionally carve the time out to read. Like I actually have it in my calendar as reading time. Same. And I sometimes I get overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't have time today. And I'm like, no, your deal was 10 pages a day. And sometimes 10 becomes 20 without any, any blip. But it's like, no, if I don't physically put that down, it's like, that's me calling out what I need to be doing. Yeah. It, yes. I... I think I talked about this on Instagram stories or something yesterday, but, but yeah, if it's not in the calendar, like it doesn't get done all the things like working out personal time. I put my creative time on the calendar, like Mm -hmm. creative flow time, which is like the opposite of like structured time schedule, stuff like that. But I'm like, I want to make sure I have creative time weekly, you know, even daily sometimes. And so making sure it is set on the calendar, like, ensures it's going to happen. Absolutely. That's awesome. That is awesome. Do you have a mentor who has impacted your life in any way, shape or form? And it can be somebody you've met or somebody you know, or don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had, so I would say I really, my last agency that I worked at, we, we dabbled in some professional development type stuff. And so, and they encouraged us to like connect with a more senior level person. So I think that was sort of my like first experience in having a mentor. And since leaving that agency and going on to do my own thing and be an entrepreneur, I've had several mentors and, um, I, yeah, mentors and coaches like that's, I swear by having that kind of support, you know, somebody Mm -hmm. who has, done the things or like that, that you want to do their life is the way that you want your life to look one day, like linking arms with those people and learning from them and getting support from them. Absolutely. And I'd say I've got two business coaches right now who I would say are mentors. And I mean, you and I are in the same mastermind together with Chris and Lori harder and they've been mentors and role models and both clients also of mine um for several years now so so ab- absolutely 
Yes. I, I think that is a common theme and I just wanted to draw attention to it because a lot of people think it's, I'm going to do one program and I'm going to have the business or I'm going to do this one thing and I'm going to have it. And I keep saying to my own coaching clients, like I will continue to invest in myself to learn, to grow, because I can't ask you to invest in me if I'm never investing in me. Mm -hmm. And that's how I learn to help to continue to pass things on. And we're never, there are so many different facets to being an entrepreneur that there's no way you can know it all. There's just no way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, having a mentor, like I know for me, it can be a, a sounding board for ideas, guidance. It can mm -hmm. look like super tactical and strategic and like action items, but it can also so much of the time be for like the heart and soul work as well. And both are, they're equally as important, you know, the strategy and like the doing and then the being. And, and I would also, I would say actually that's like the heart and soul stuff, like the mm -hmm. mindset stuff, the, the, how you show up in the world and how you be like, that's even more important. So yeah. And I, I, yeah, there's so many things I can say about this. And I love that because I think that has been overlooked and for a lot of entrepreneurs I've talked to this year, myself included, I have really made and valued that side, that feminine, I'm going to call it feminine side, but the feminine side, the heart side, the listening intuition, the what, what feels good? What do I want to do? We don't need to do everything. We have to find what feels good. Right. And as a, I mean, I was a person who pushed forever. I was like, push, 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 just keep doing yes. more. And now it's like, oh my gosh, oh, do I actually want to do that? And it's like, no, I didn't want to. Yeah. So that side is really powerful. That, uh, yes, 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 yes. And that's something that I didn't really realize until even just a few years ago. And, and it took Long, like once you're aware of it, like both sides, masculine, feminine, the push versus receive, that sort of thing. Um, once you're aware of it, it doesn't mean that you like get it figured out. Like, <laughs> like God, I became aware no. of it and then took like years to years to like feel like I am in a place where I'm managing both sides in a way that feels really good and that really supports me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and because for so long, and I don't know if you're like this as well. Well, actually, yeah, you just mentioned for so long was such like a go, 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 do, 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 like high achiever, competitive, mm -hmm. very assertive. And not that those things are bad, but that mm -hmm. was the, my default for all the things and yeah. the way that I was most used to showing up. And it creates a lot of amazing results too. You know, it can, mm -hmm. like when you are outspoken, competitive, like high achiever, perfectionist, like all that you get, you like look really impressive, you know, like it's looks awesome on paper. You have a lot of accomplishments, a lot of success, like all that kind of stuff. And it's exhausting. Cause you're like, Oh, well, I, like it's never going to be enough. Like I'm never going to work hard enough or, or do enough things on the to-do list. And so that pushing constantly, like that was for me, one of the biggest lessons in the last couple years to like really strengthen the feminine energy side of things and the flow and leaning into what feels good. And as a result, not only do I have so much more peace of mind and less stress, less anxiety, all that kind of stuff, but also like the results that I was pushing so hard for, for so long, like 
Now they're coming in and so much more easily, right? Yes, 100%. 100%. I always say that our greatest strengths, and when you are that person, like a lot of um, those characteristics, they have served me very well. But then there comes a point in time when your greatest strengths, I say, become your weaknesses. Because if you don't learn how to work that other side of the coin, what good is anything if you're so burnt out to enjoy anything? Like it just doesn't, there's, it's, this doesn't make any sense. But most people don't learn that until we're forced to, which is part of what we're going to talk about right now. We don't learn it. You don't learn Correct. it. You have to. Same, same here. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So you did this. You were working and you had a corporate job. You loved what you were doing, right? You were in PR. Yeah. I can yeah. say love. I can like I can like tap into that story a little bit and like share a little on that. Sure. Um, yeah, I so the last agency I was at, I was there for about four years. When I started, I was I was the seventh employee hired, and by the t- and I excelled very well there. Um, was making great money, had a very important like fancy job, all that kind of stuff. The agency was doing really really well. We were winning awards and like you know growing very fast. And so again, like very impressive, very quote unquote, good job, all that kind of stuff. I was work also working like 60 to 80 hours a week. And my last, my, yeah, my last year there, I was pretty freaking miserable. Um, like insane workload. And to give you an idea, I said, like, I was the seventh person hired by the time I left after four years, we had grown from one office to two offices and had 40 employees. And I, yeah. And, and like, it's hard to manage an agency growing that fast. That's fast growth, you know? And, and we were also a crisis PR agency. So I was on a crisis team. And so all of my clients that I was working on were in like emergency situations and, and we work, we specialize in the healthcare industry as well. So if we think about what's going on right now with the pandemic and everything like that, like my old agency would be hired to manage communication strategies, just like what we're seeing right now. And so so that's what emergency. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it was like when shit hits the fan at like some of the biggest hospitals and healthcare systems in the country, my agency, like the agency I worked at, we would be hired to help them navigate their communication strategies and media and all that kind of stuff. So it was high intensity, high stress, and while I f- was learning so much and felt like we were like, you know, working for the the good guys, like the healthcare yeah. side of things, as opposed to insurance and all that, we did a lot of insurance disputes. Um, it, it at the end of the day it was not what I wanted to mm-hmm. do. Like it wasn't lighting me up and bringing me joy, like the content of that work. Um, and so I, yeah, my last year there, I was pretty miserable. There were some like inter-office like bullshit going on too that when you're spending like 10 hours a day in the office like you gotta (laughs) like the environment and stuff and so that last year like dealing with kind of interpersonal stuff and like the agency growing pains and just feeling so burnt out from workload and stress load at work and then also the energetic burnout of being like, no, this isn't right. And this isn't what I want to do. But I, like, I, I think I stayed a year too long, you know, like I was trying to Most force it to do. work. 
right? is that is that the pusher? I wonder. So I just curious, Sarah. Yeah. Like when you when we hit that point, a lot of people I talk to they look back and they're like, oh, I should have left it or I like a year earlier yeah. than what I did. It's like, it takes that long to figure out and make the call that no, yeah. this is not working. Well, and I think for me, for so, so much of my life, it's been this like head versus heart thing and mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, the feelings and the heart stuff, that's wrong. And you don't trust that you should make the decisions from your head and reasoning and logic. And it's like, so for so long, like I couldn't even like, I didn't probably even know what it meant to like tap in, connect with your body and, and assess how you're feeling in a situation. Right. I didn't know, understand Mm -hmm. how to listen to my gut and my intuition. Mm -hmm. And so for that, for like that year, you know, I'm trying to force myself to feel a certain way because I'm like, well, I'm making good money. This is an important job. I'll probably be a vice president in a year. Like da, 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 all this stuff. Like look at so-and-so like EVP and their Range Rover and like their beautiful multi-million dollar house. Like I'm so close to that. And that's what I want. Right. You know, and not being able mm-hmm. to really feel that like disconnect and out of alignment. So where did it tip that point then? Because, you know, it's funny, if, as you say, like, this is what I want. This is what I want. And then there's probably that part of like inner part of your soul going, no, I actually don't care about this. Like, I actually care about those yeah. extra things. So where was the tipping point? Honestly, and it's so funny, because once I listen to myself, and I will say that 2020 has been one of the biggest lessons for me has been really clearing out the crap and like getting so dialed into my intuition and my gut and like connecting with my body that I like shit. Like I don't even recognize that person like six years ago, like being so stuck for a year in a a job that she hated, you know, like now I'm like, doesn't feel good. Let's check in (laughs) decision made and we're moving on. It's, It's amazing. And yeah. And so like I, the tipping point for me was probably like I said, I had like some, um, interpersonal stuff kind of like explode, like people I thought were my friends at work were not, um, yes. we'll just put it that way. And so then I'm like, okay, well, if part of what like is keeping me here is the fact that I enjoy spending time with these people and now that's gone, fuck this shit. You know, (laughs) like that was really, I was like, I was like enough. And and it's so it, it felt like it took so long to come to that. But once I was like, I am not happy here. I'm having anxiety attacks once a week in the freaking bathroom in the office, like, and like crying all the time. Like, this is not is okay. This? And, and I felt like I was too old, which is so funny. I'm 34 now. You're so not how old, old was I then? Like 26, <laughs> yeah. 27. Yeah. Like, yeah. I felt like I was too old to, to make a switch in my career. Which is like makes me laugh Isn't so that much now. Though? You're not oh my alone goodness. in that, but that's mind blowing where we're like, oh wait, I'm at that at a certain age. But then you cross a certain age, like I did this year, and you're like, okay, well, here I am, and I'm now 50, so screw that. I'm not doing anything that I don't want to do anymore. So it's yeah. a real it becomes a shift where the age becomes a different factor. But yes, we I think we just make up excuses. Yeah. For what we keep, we think scary. Keeps us safe. Like you yeah, invested time and I like mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about spending money and stuff like that. And and um yeah, but it, it there was actually one thing that we did at this last agency. We did like a, you know, we had like 
connection type things and activities to like grow like morale and all that. And there was one question in this like conversation topic thing that we did that asked like, if you weren't working here, like what would some, like, what would you be looking into or pursuing? What would you do? And my response was I would be like an on-camera TV host like Maria Menounos mm-hmm. and who's like does like E and like Entertainment Weekly, like Entertainment Tonight, like that kind of stuff, um, like Hollywood, you know, red carpet reporting. <laughs> and I forget how much, how long it was after that. But once I kind of said that, I was at a place where I was really unhappy there, but I felt stuck. I knew that I was didn't want to go into another form of PR because it would just mm-hmm. be the same thing, but like different content of work. And I also didn't know like what the hell I wanted to do. And I needed time to like decompress and, and just clear all that stress and like get back into my body before diving into the next thing. But I, so that, that was one pivotal moment doing that exercise and kind of planting that seed in my own brain. And then I kind of decided like, okay, this, like my mental health is I'm sacrificing my mental health and physical health. I was a competitive soccer player my whole life. So being active is really important to me. And there was, you know, there were times at this last job where I would um, go like two weeks without breaking a sweat. And that just feels wrong and feels yucky. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I am massively sacrificing my mental health, my physical health. This is not worth it. Right. And so I planted that seed of like entertainment hosting and that sort of thing. And I also around this time had a lot of people asking me for help, like in my quote unquote free time, which I did not have (laughs) um, for, for help with like branding projects or like some graphic design stuff, marketing, social media strategy. Um, And I'm like, okay, if these people are asking me, like asking to pay me for this stuff on the side mm-hmm. and I want to get the F out of here, like maybe I should just have them pay me to do this work and peace out. <laughs> and so like I saved up a little bit yeah. and like secured a couple clients and then was out right. of there. Right. And then, then it was like no turning back. And I ended up not that much later, like setting up informational interviews with people who did red carpet hosting and like entertainment hosting and that stuff just to be like, okay, if that sounds cool to me, because like, if I want to start over and go in another direction, like now's the time, you know, let's Mm -hmm. see what's, what's up and what's out there. And so had some conversational like interview type things, just kind of like pick people's brain about their job and stuff. And funny, like, I, I didn't realize like how much of a manifester I was back then, but ended up with in under a year working for Maria Menounos's company, doing red carpet hosting, doing live stream podcast hosting in the entertainment industry, being mentored by Maria, like, like insane. Wow. Right? And, and, yeah. and ultimately chose to not continue pursuing that. But I was a host with um, her company for several years and it was so much fun and I loved it. And so it was like one of those things I was like, you know what, if this sounds cool, like scratch that itch and see, see if it's the direction you want to go in. If not great, you answered that question. If it is also great, keep going. Yeah. yeah. It's all, I mean, it's ever what meaning you give it, 
but I love how you talk about how it's okay to have fun. Like look at the power of like when you are actually uh, moving towards something that you do yeah. love and something that you enjoy and then interjects the fun. And now all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I've actually built a business doing something that I love. So if I look at what you've done, you went from in your previous job, more emergency type handling of high stress. It's like almost, um, what's the word? I'm, I'm a loss for a second, but you are trying to, um, in an emergency response, you're always responding to something that's happening to now you are working with clients where you are creating what you want what they want, what yeah. you're trying to have. So it's like you're now in creation mode, in intention mode, right? As opposed to constantly responding to and reaction. Yes, mode. yes. Oh my Does gosh. That makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely makes sense. And and like it's very interesting because I had a lot of like I I wish I had ended that last like that last agency, my last job job, differently because I mm-hmm. I stayed in that unhappy place there for so long that when I left, I was like, like burn it all down, you know, like hating. Oh yeah. And so it took a long time to, for me to reconcile that experience and like be grateful for it and not be, feel triggered by it and angry and like, feel like I'd been mistreated, that sort of thing. Um, and, and one of the, I think really beautiful kind of full circle moments was when, everything started happening with lockdown and the pandemic because things went crazy. Shit hit the fan. Like everyone, like people were in emergency panic mode. And I was like, wait a second. Like one, I've never lived through a pandemic situation like this. Like none of us really have. Right. But I was like, but I know how to do strategic communications when things are fucking crazy. Right. And so I was like, this feels familiar. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know what to do. Yeah. And, and I felt it in a way that didn't feel super triggering. Like it didn't feel like all the PTSD stuff coming back. I was like, wait, wait, I feel so empowered right now to show up and support people because like I did this crap for so long. Like we're good. I got no. this, you know? And so it was a really beautiful, like personally, like uh, closure, mm. I guess, with that last experience, uh, um, made me really grateful for that chapter. Even like, even though for so long, I like had such yucky feelings associated mm-hmm. with it. No, and we have to go through that process where there comes a time where we can close that loop. I always say we can't truly love ourselves and hate everything that we've gone through to get to here because Mm -hmm. those two don't go well together, but there has to come a time where we can close that loop. And sometimes that can take a long time, but what a beautiful thing that you have that experience. And now as you are helping entrepreneurs navigate a lot of unknown and being able to show up and handle, you know, crisis, difficult situations, you have that in your toolbox that you can now use with entrepreneurs, because as we're forward facing right now, we were just talking about it before we started recording, but I absolutely loved what you said about how do you help entrepreneurs show up and scale their business? How do you do that? Yeah. So right now my business looks, and, and so like quick bullets from where we kind of left off with my story, like yeah, went right into consulting for clients on social media and PR and marketing activities Mm -hmm. while, and that consulting work gave me enough time and money to be able to 
explore other things that seemed exciting and seemed interesting and allowed me to get back into my own health and fitness practice. And, and then I, for several years, well, I kind of accidentally built a fitness business um, Mm because I was sharing my fitness journey on social media. And so I was like, had me as health and fitness coach and fitness model and spokesperson influencer over on one side, and then had Mm -hmm. my consulting business on another. And over time, those really started to merge together to where now I support a lot of entrepreneurs in the health, wellness, personal development um, and lifestyle space with their visibility strategies. So I'm not working in the health and fitness space anymore, um, but so many of my clients, either that's their background or that's what they do now. And so what my business looks like now is I've got an agency, so like a more traditional PR agency, and we work, my team and I work with clients on in a one-on-one capacity to to really do all their PR, like handle all of it and get them publication interviews, you know, media placements, podcast interviews, um, influencer collaborations, like all sorts of things to really elevate their visibility online and help them stand out as an authority in their space. Um, And then, so that's like the agency arm of the business. And then I've got my group program called the PR Accelerator. And that is a hybrid program that's basically a mashup of a mastermind coaching program and PR agency. Um, And I created that for growing entrepreneurs who know that they need to be more visible to grow their business. They're not sure how to pitch themselves, how to be seen more. They're not sure how to really package their story and their message in a way that's really compelling. Um, And, and a lot of them are, are scared and lack confidence and self-worth and there there's imposter syndrome going on. Um, or they feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm too new in this. Like I, I can't pitch myself for an interview. Like I need to be two years in business and X income first sort of thing. Um, and so in this program, like I, I created it for entrepreneurs who maybe don't have the budget to hire a PR agency, um, and who want to learn how to do all of that stuff themselves. And And so, so yeah, so we teach everyone how to tell their story, how to pitch themselves, how to connect, how to build relationships and how to strategically like get themselves out there and get themselves more, more visible so they can attract more of their ideal clients. I love it. I mean, and you can see just from listening to you and hearing your voice, how much energy you have around it, how much Mm -hmm. you love it, what it's creating. And again, we were speaking before we recorded how many clients of yours that I have seen and I've had some yes. seen and recorded and had some just some amazing interviews with. So I love yes. being oh, able to you. allow entrepreneurs that space to share what they do because yeah. this is, it's a collaborative space, right? It's an absolutely collaborative space. And I think the reason it's a collaborative space is because if we, if there's no competition, we have to learn how to bring more of ourselves to our business. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the taglines that you talked about is, is that mm-hmm. in order to scale your business, you must be able to bring yourself to it. What does that mean? So yes. if somebody's listening uh, and they're like, but I want to scale my business. So what do, what program do I need? What do I have to do? Tell, speak to them and let them hear how important it is to bring themselves to their business. Yes, 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 yes. So one of my, <laughs> I, I feel like I've said this as a joke for so long and now it's, it feels very 
much not a joke and like my real life a lot is like I would always say I want to get paid to be me. <laughs> like oh, that's I love that. I want, make, I want to make a crap ton of money being myself. And and people are like, okay, cool. Like that sounds nice. Like what does that actually mean? And what does that look like? And I mean, one of the things that I like, I get to do that through PR because I PR at the end of the day, like in a, in a very simple way, PR is about connecting with people, right? It's about building relationships and creating situations that are mutually beneficial, right? That create a win for each person. And so like, I am obsessed with connecting with awesome people and like make so many friends through Instagram or whatever. And, and, and I've always been very good at seeing the natural synergies between other people. Like, oh my gosh, do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? You guys could like, if nothing else, you would have a freaking amazing conversation, but like, I see something here. So go be friends. Like I Mm -hmm. love doing that. And so in PR, I get to do that. And it's, my job, which is kind of crazy. Um, and I'm like, wait, this is, do, does everyone know that I get paid to like make friends on the internet and connect my friends <laughs> with my other friends? <laughs> like, don't tell them. Um, and so, so that's like where this, how this fits into like my vision of like getting paid to be myself and to show up as me. And, and so what I tell so many of my clients, um, and how being more you out in the world is a good thing and will help you scale your business is like, there are a number of reasons. Number one, like, you know, I'm sure. And you, you tell your clients, this is like, we, we are not here to be like the perfect fit for every single person. We're here to serve a specific person or a specific type of person. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so if you're thinking about like your ideal client or customer, like who's that dream person that if you're like, Oh my gosh, if my business were filled up with only this kind of person, heck yeah, that would be the most fun. Now, of course we get to work with so many different people as well, but like you, we all have those people that you're like, Oh my gosh, so excited to like, that would be dream situation. And so when we show up, more real and more authentic and like show all the sides of ourselves, those people who are like our kind of people, they're going to be like, Ooh, I see her. Like I see him. Like that is my vibe. Yes. Give me more of that. And, but if we're trying to please everybody and be a fit for every single person, you just, you show up neutral and watered down and, Mm -hmm. and just, just like lukewarm and you want to have people go like, hell yes, or hell no. Not like, Absolutely. Meh, right? Like, <laughs> I don't want a man client. No, no I don't man. want <laughs> Yeah, not at all. And so it can feel scary to be more you because sometimes mm-hmm. that means more polarizing, more outspoken, like more vulnerable, more whatever can be scary because you might turn people away who may not like that. But here's the thing. If, they're, if that's not what they're into and their vibe why do you want to work with them that bad anyway? Right. And so we're, so remind yourself, like you're not here for everybody. So like show up fully as you, and you're going to attract more of the people in your life, in your business who are like, hell yes, that's my person, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and another thing with that too is, I mean, I think on a personal level, it's very, very liberating and empowering when you show up unapologetically as yourself and you're like leaving it all out there on the table. And it's like, 
you know, you don't have to share every single thing. Of course, like some things are sacred and private and whatever, but when you're showing up more as you, like it's, it's a very freeing feeling like the crap that maybe you're, you used to be afraid of or not like about yourself. Like that stuff has less power over you when you just own it, you know, and you accept all sides of you. Um, and then another fun thing is, and I have like a specific client example for this that just happened. Um, cause in my, in the PR accelerator, I'm, you know, encouraging them to like be more them out in the world and like unapologetically own their truth and their voice and their message and show up like real out there. Um, and when we show up as more human, as more ourselves, we become more relatable, you know, and like the no like, and trust factor, that's a really important thing when it comes to doing business. Like people want to do business with, connect with people that they know, like, and trust. And so when we show up authentically and unfiltered, like people feel that they feel the authenticity. Um, and, and so I know a lot of the times when we're like, we're in the place of leadership or the coach or the influencer or whatever it is, like, you're like, oh, well, I can't show like these sides of me because I have to be always polished and always have it together. And people are coming to me for value about business. So we we only are going to show business. But when we show the human sides, like whether that's a more vulnerable side or just silliness, people Mm -hmm. connect with us as a human, we've become more relatable because when you're unattainable and so far away, Mm -hmm. And people can't picture themselves in, in your shoes. There's a separation and a distance there and it, it'll harm you, you know, like in, as far as business goes and building those genuine connections. Um, I had a client actually recently in the PR accelerator who messaged me. She had just done some silly posts about dyeing her hair and like funny, like hair story situation, nothing. She's a health and fitness coach, right? So mm-hmm. talking about da- dyeing her hair and her experience at the salon is not like in line with her business, right? It doesn't matter. And she's like, Lauren, she sends me a voice note. She's like, Lauren, you know how you're always telling us to like be more us out there? Like, well, I did my like silly freaking hair posts and videos and stuff like that. And she's like, I got three leads off of it. People DMing me and being like, oh my gosh, girl, I've been there too. LOL. By the way, my husband and I are looking for a trainer. Can we have a call about that? There we go. Off of a freaking hair dye post, right? And so it's when we show these real moments, these Mm -hmm. like real moments that are are not intimidating and they're relatable, people are going to like connect with you and see you as more of a human and then maybe have the courage to be like, oh, well, I've been asking, I've been so curious about hiring her for so long. Like, now that now we're chatting and I feel comfortable. Let's let me ask sort of thing. So yeah, I love, I love everything that you said there because I am constantly saying to my clients, like people don't, if the more you make yourself seem like you've got it all put together and you are over here and you have overcome all these things, people look at you and think there's a thousand steps between you because they're not seeing, they don't, they don't, they're, you're not showing that you had some rough times or where you started from Mm -hmm. or that you have off days and you're just not relatable. Then people want to connect with you. And I couldn't agree more. Some of the most, the most comments, the reach outs that I get are on the stupidest things I share on stories. That I do, yeah. That I, just I, I have like moments. It makes me laugh, and I'm like, 
God, that's really dumb. Should I post that? And I posted and people were like, oh my God, you do that too? Or you, there was yes. one day I was exhausted. I sat on the floor. I was eating popcorn out of the bag. My dog is fighting me for the popcorn. I recorded it. It was not staged. It was the end of a day. And I can't tell you how many people were like, oh, you just look like you were a normal human then. I'm like, because I am. Yeah. <laughs> because I am. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the thing is some people are like, oh, well, I want to come off as like the authority and having it all together all the time. And that's okay. And like, I know for me, like I want to show the silly sides, the emotional sides, the like, you know, boss bitch side and like all like the soft and the heart, like all of it and be be relatable and authentic. Cause like not as a business strategy, cause that's how it, it feels best for me to live my life. Yes. You know, just like showing up as me. And you know what? So much more simple. So much more simple oh, to do right? if if we could do that. When you <laughs> when you start to feel like you've got to put different um, masks on to be different things, then you get to a space of like, which which one was what am I supposed to wear now? Like, what is it supposed yeah. to be? I can't keep oh, up. How did so I show up anxiety. before? Yeah, and it's it is it's a hard process. I know. I mean, most people who can get to that space have had to navigate through some muddy waters to figure out how to show up as themselves, but it is far more freeing and far more powerful to be able to do that. hundred percent. Absolutely. I could not agree more. I go ahead. Oh no. I was going to say like on the, uh, in terms of like the freedom element, and this is something like I experienced personally and coach my, my clients and members through is that stuff that we think is so scary to share, like showing up vulnerably or sharing like stuff about our past that maybe we carry shame around. It's like when we share about that and not saying you have to, like you don't have mm-hmm. to share like all your deep, dark secrets all the time. Right. Right. Like you figure out what those boundaries are and where you're comfortable. Um, but when we share that, like so much of the time, I know for me, like I was in a program um, last year about like showing up more authentically on video and some of the prompts and stuff and the exercises that we did. And it's in a private Facebook group, but it's like gnarly topics to get into. And I like went in and most of my lives in this group for this program are me like freaking crying and crap Mm -hmm. and sharing some of the, what I would have previously called like the worst things about me and like the things I would never want anyone to, to know ever Mm-hmm. And you say it and you're like, one, I didn't die. <laughs> like no, I didn't burst into no. flames. Two, no. holy cow, look at all this love and Huge. acceptance that I am getting. You know, oh, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Yeah. But like, oh my gosh, I'm not, people aren't saying like, oh my, you're a terrible, evil human. Like how, like, you know, I'm not getting judged. It was such a, and, and obviously like the container I was in facilitated that acceptance and and non-judgment, excuse me. But mm-hmm. I think too, when we practice that in like our own communities and stuff, like you realize, oh my gosh, like what I thought was going to happen, like the worst possible outcome, like I'm actually getting a lot more love and acceptance through this. And so these things that we are so scared of about like our own shadow and ourselves or our past or whatever, like when you share them, it's, going to empower someone else to, Mm -hmm. to make progress and heal themselves. You heal yourself by giving that thing less power. And you realize like you can do more scary stuff because like, if that was like so terrifying and you did it and survived and you're fine and probably better off for it, like, 
oh, I can do more hard things. I, I'm so grateful that you shared that part of it because I think one of the biggest things I do with my clients is teaching them how to be vulnerable and how to share their voice. And they're scared to death. And we usually get partway through the program and we're like, okay, here comes time for the video. And they're like, no videos. I don't want to do it. You have to, it's, you're not going to die. And it's a, it's a process. And one of the things that happens is exactly what you said. You heal yourself, you empower others of what they can do and you realize how much more you can do and the other thing that I think that really, really happens is it becomes an exercise in receiving, in receiving support yes. from Ooh, other people. Just give me chills. I just, yeah, it's just, and people are like, I don't like that. I'm like, yeah, well, you're going to sit in it because you absolutely have to learn how to receive because everything is two sides of the same coin, right? Here we are both business type coaches, but both appreciating that side of it. And everything is two sides of the coin. So you can give, 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 give. But if you don't know how to receive and you haven't allowed yourself to receive, then you're not giving to the extent that you think you can because they're two sides of the same coin, right? So receiving is huge. It's a huge part of the process. Yes. And that's been like one of my major, which we talked about already, like really exercising and, and strengthening the feminine and being able to more easily play with feminine and masculine. And so the receiving, which feminine, like that, oh, has been one of the biggest lessons in the last like few years. I'm, I'm going to say it's taken me most of my life to learn it. As a person who has really pushed hard, oh, yeah. it really has taken me a big chunk of my life. And then as I try and fall back or as I fall back into old ways, I'm like, no, 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 slow down. You don't need to control this. We don't need to control this. Let's see how it lands. And then all of a sudden something comes out of nowhere and I'm like, okay, we're receiving. We're going to practice this. So it's a really interesting process. And I really honor the fact that you encourage your clients to show up more of as themselves and teach them how to do it. I think it's really powerful. Yeah. yeah. And on those, that topic, like, you know, I, I was telling similarly to what I just told you about like sharing that scary stuff and how terrifying it was. Cause I had one of my girls in my program be like, you know, sharing on one of our coaching calls, um, with the group, you know, safe, safe container, yeah. um, stuff that, like past trauma for her and scary parts of her story that are relevant to her message and saying like, but do people talk about this kind of stuff on social media? Like, is it okay to share this? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They do more need to like, Mm -hmm. and, and as you said, I think this is really important. It's not about dumping out my entire life, but it's sharing, I think it's our pain or emotions, and that's what connects us to each other. Yes. So it's okay to say you struggled in this part of your life. It's okay. You can even say you struggled and what and speak from your own standpoint. Doesn't mean you have to share all the details of the story. Right. right? Yeah, absolutely. And there, you know, I think one of the important things too, if we're thinking like strategically with that kind of stuff, is when you're sharing things, and and this is something I think we should do always when we're sharing, even if it's like a very like adding value educationally in my zone of genius, but even when it's these more personal anecdotes and experiences saying my, you know, my intention in sharing this with you and what I hope you take away from this, like Mm -hmm. from my lesson in this is that, 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 that. So you create, it, it becomes valuable for those who are reading or listening or watching it. But then there's also sometimes, cause, cause I think also people feel like they need to be on the other side of the lesson. No, 
in order to share it. And this is actually one of, one of my girls, like the same one said that, like, I'm going through this crap right now. And I, I don't have it figured out. And I don't know what the lesson is. Cause I'm in it. Like, do I have to wait to share about it until I'm over it? And I know like how to package it up and what the lesson is and all that. And I said, no, I mean like one, again, check in with yourself and what you're comfortable yeah. sharing, but absolutely not. Because again, it goes back to like, when we're the leader and we're the one that people are looking to for the answers and the support and the inspiration, whatever it is. Right. And we always have it pulled together and people are like, Oh my gosh, you're like, whatever it is. Right. Like it, mm-hmm. it looks amazing and things are going great. When we share those quote unquote weak moments, when we feel like we don't have it all together and we feel like a hot mess, mm-hmm. it again, humanizes us and it allows our community who's so used to looking to us for the answers and looking to us as the expert, it allows them to support us and be there for us and mm-hmm. to see us as a human. And so sometimes like, if I don't feel like I have a, if I'm going, I'm in it, like I'm having an emotional day sort of thing or whatever, and I'm going to connect with my audience about that. Sometimes I go, I'm having a rough day. And mm-hmm. so today is going to be a crying day. Like like send me some songs. Like what are some songs that you guys like that put you in an awesome mood? That's nothing to do with my freaking business, but I it love it. My community, an opportunity to be there for me. And that strengthens our relationship and it's mm-hmm. supportive for me. Right. Yeah. And you've and done all of that without saying any specific details about what the day yeah. was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something Powerful. that it empowers them to step mm-hmm. up and mm-hmm. And it connects us even more. So yeah, so you mm-hmm. don't have to like be on the other side of the crap in order to share about it. And no, you also I don't love have to it. share every single thing. Like, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like, not at all. Absolutely love all of that. Um, I want to ask you a couple quick questions, and I love everything that you've shared. I would love to know where people can connect with you, where you hang out the most. I'll make sure everything is connected in your yes. show notes. But yes, absolutely. I hang out the most on Instagram and Instagram stories. Yeah. I'm like all of, I usually like hit the limit. I feel like like a few times a week of like where I like hit, I do a hundred stories in 24 hours, not to overwhelm all of you listening, but um, <laughs> yes, the Instagram stories is where I show up the most. Um, it's, it's just first and last name, Lauren Salon. Um, I have the most fun over on Instagram. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I want to ask you a couple quick questions and it's we start with what impact do you want to have in the world? you specifically? Yeah, I, it's, it honestly feels like such a simple statement and it goes back to what we already said. Like, I feel that it's my purpose to support people in owning their truth and being like the most unapologetic version of themselves out in the world as possible. And by doing that, making an impact from like their special zone of genius, their, their magic, if you will. So, and, and I do that like in a number of ways, obviously through my business and helping clients like be more seen with their gifts and everything and, and in the program too. But I also do that just by living it and showing up in that way myself, right. By setting the example of being like, so unapologetically me that it allows others to feel safe to be them too. You lead by doing like you are leading by doing by how you, that's awesome. I love that. 
A last question I have for you is what lessons in life are you most grateful for? We talked about how sometimes life just forces us to like learn the lessons. And that's very much like a theme of my life. (laughs) I honestly, there are like a couple key pivotal things for me. Um, I did a, a really intensive experiential leadership training of like three years ago. And that so the biggest lesson that came out of that was worthiness mm-hmm. and like rewriting my own story. You know, I know that's that you talk about that a lot. So worthiness, rewriting my own story, like uh, healing relationships so that there's so obviously that's not one clean answer. There's so no, much no. of that, but but I think one of the biggest lessons has been my journey of self-worth and worthiness. And it's like, for those who struggle with worthiness and self-worth stuff, it's one of those things where I know for me, like the, I need to be immediately good at things or else I'm over it vibe. <laughs> like if I'm like, I figure, oh, great. I've, I feel like I've overcome the worthiness thing. Like I've, I've hit that point so many times mm-hmm. less lately. Cause like I get it now, but I used to hit that point where I'm like, we figured out the worthiness stuff. And then you get like slapped in the face by worthiness stuff like a week later. And you're like, definitely didn't. And they're like, no, no, this is an <laughs> ongoing process. You never it fully is. have it figured out. So the worthiness journey has been a really powerful one for me. And then in, in 2019, I experienced depression for the first time. So I'm no stranger to anxiety and all of that. Been dealing with that like off and on since college. Um, though I will say for the last six months, like zero anxiety. So that's an end. Mm. Like that's a, another conversation. Considering where the world is right now. Right. Right. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 2019 anxiety flipped to depression and had my first experience with depression and it sucked <laughs> like, mm-hmm. because sure. as we talked about such a like go, go, go doer, high achiever, like inspired. Don't, I never really felt like it was difficult to be motivated and consistent and stuff like that. And I had a year where I was like, I've got three hours of work in me sort of thing. Like, so mm-hmm. better make, you know, the most of the time, or I'd come home from the gym at like 3 PM and be like, well, nothing else is going to happen today. We're going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day and had to be okay with that. Cause I physically and mentally emotionally could not push anymore. And so that was one of the biggest forced lessons. Like I literally was like pushing and just not like owning my voice and showing up as authentically me and like, go, go, go. And it was felt so hard that literally my body brain, everything was like, yo bitch, chill the fuck out. (laughs) And, and then I, and I'm I not laughing at, at you. I know I I've had the same conversation, so I'm not laughing at you. Yeah, it's awesome. you're not going to listen to the nudges and the little pokes that we've been sending all the time. Then fine, we're going to slow it down real good, right? Like yeah, like done. And so that showed me how important it is to take care of myself first, mm-hmm. right? Fill my cup first. Make sure I feel aligned. It taught me truly how to get back into my body and really, really finally like listen to my gut with mm-hmm. so much trust and really trust myself. And on a like tactical level, it also showed me how to get super ninja with my time because as I was 
starting to feel more inspired. And, and I, I call 2019 like a gap year. Like I, I took a break from my business in a lot of ways. And like, I was doing a ton of personal training. Cause I was like, you know what? I need something easy. I want to be around people. Here we go. And so like mm-hmm. 2019 was kind of a gap year. And again, with the depression, like I just wasn't feeling inspired in my business. And when I started to get that energy again and get excited and want to dig back into my business, I still was like, all right, if we have three hours of focus and this girls used to work in like 12 hour days, if we've got three hours, what is essential to do in those three hours to move the needle? And so I cut out so much of the bullshit, like, cause I used to be like procrastinate by adding way too much crap to your plate. So I'm like so busy and have so much going on, but freaking most of it's not important. Right. Well, and distractions, right. We got all these distractions. Yeah. Like, are we actually working 12 hours or are we like actually working like five to six? I get I, you, I, I say it, shit. I get distractions. Yeah. Oh, dumb shit that I'm doing when I should be doing this over here. Yeah. So exactly. yeah. So it taught you that it time taught period. Me how taught to, you. Exactly. And so what I came out of that with was not like, oh, now that I feel better, let's add more work hours. Yes. I have Mm. days that are more than three hours, of course, but it taught me that I can be really effective in a small amount of time. And, Mm -hmm. and yeah. And so that's like so much of what I brought out of that chapter and why I'm so grateful for it, even though it sucked and it felt like a version of me that I absolutely had never felt before and did not recognize taught me how to be like, to cut away the crap that doesn't matter to mm-hmm. connect with my body and keep like my, my body and my energy as the priority first and yeah. foremost. Yes. Um, yeah. How to be like really, how to prioritize better, how to say no better. Um, and then, yeah. And maintain that rest and care for myself and, and be like a ninja with my time even more. Yeah, I love that. I think what you've done is it's really, it's such a great lesson that how many valuable things you learn during a technically quote unquote, really difficult time. Like it's Mm -hmm. where time where we think like, this is just horrible. Why is this happening to me? Why am I here? It actually became a very, very valuable learning experience that you still carry with you. Absolutely. And you mentioned surrender, right? Which it was so much surrender where I was like trying to fight myself mm-hmm. for feeling the way that I felt for thinking the way that I was thinking for not feeling as driven and motivated and inspired. Like I felt worthless and like, you know, all that crap. And just like, I was like doing things that were beneath me because, or you know, you, you yeah. know, we're like pushing yeah. and going and I'm like, no, I, I work like nonstop and I achieve and I do all these things. And I'm like, wait, right now your body is telling you to slow the crap down Yes. Take care of yourself and simplify and be present. And if that's what the priority needs to be for 2019, simple, connected, present, then that's what it gets to be and stop trying to force it to be something else. And so mm-hmm. surrender was a massive, um, I love it. Yeah, surrender and support. Cause I felt, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like myself. So having people support me and be there for me and lean on people was, was a big lesson as well. It's a beautiful lesson and I appreciate you sharing that because as a person who is a type A driven perfectionist, 
when I finally learned surrender, it was because it was like, literally, there's nothing left. I yeah. tried everything yeah. else. And it was people say that all the time. Well, how did you learn it? I'm like, ah, it was the last thing I learned, like literally the last thing, yeah. there was no other options. Until I finally went, okay, wait a minute, I can't, I, I don't think I can do any of this anymore. And that's when it was like, wait, I didn't have any control anyways. You mean I've spent all of this time trying to control all these parts of my life that I actually couldn't control anyways? Like that seems yeah. silly. Now then it comes into focus. Yeah, how'd you, yeah, exactly. I love what you just said. Like, oh, how'd you learn the lesson of surrender? I'm like, oh, um, a year of depression, mass, a ton of debt, like a cycle of like debt, pay off debt, pay off debt, pay off debt, pay off, like uh, crumbling, like, you know, relationship falling apart, like Absolutely. all the things that could go wrong, like all happening at the same time forced me into that place. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Go for it. Jump right in on your own, you know, yourself. It's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I know anybody who listens to this is going to laugh at that piece. Cause that is a piece I openly talk about regularly. Like you'll learn yeah. it when it's the last thing you have to learn. It's yeah, just, I wish I could have learned it sooner, but you don't, you can read all the surrender books you want in the world. You can until you are forced into a space of really you can't micromanage or control this and you realize that with this oh this is what surrender means like mm -hmm. this is what this is is letting go of that control yeah it's really powerful oh yeah wish i would have learned it sooner but it was all part of the process yeah, it's right? all it all happens when it's supposed to happen it absolutely does oh thank you so much for your time here today lauren and for sharing and for connecting and it was great to actually connect with you in Same. real life this on this was so fun yeah, yeah. i it's love it i mean and something I, I tell people in the program is like, when you're going into a podcast interview, it should feel even with somebody you don't know, mm -hmm. like you and I, for those listening, like we've, this is the first time we've technically spoken together. It right? is. It's our first and, conversation. Yeah. And a podcast interview for both sides and mm -hmm. for the audience should feel like you're having coffee with a friend, right? Yes. Like that's what it should feel like. Not some stuffy, interpersonal interview, you know, you want it to yeah. feel like, and I know for myself as a podcast listener, like my favorite episodes are when I feel like I'm literally sitting there in the room with the people and I'm with like, the conversation. we're all friends. <laughs> right. And so, so yeah, so you for like, this has been a beautiful conversation. I've had a blast and I literally feel like, Oh yeah, we're just like shooting the shit and connecting. So <laughs> I loved time. it. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And I cannot wait yeah. to air this episode. I really, really appreciate your time, energy, and truth today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes, and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.